This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads at our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good afternoon everybody. The Bible is filled with examples of men and women of faith. Indeed, there's a whole chapter in the letter to the Hebrews which actually lists people who God wants to be identified as men and women of faith. Some are very well known. People like Abraham, uh, the man who God called from Mesopotamia uh, to leave that society and go to a land that God would show him. Uh, and Abram left and did just as God said. And God recounted to us that this was an act of faith. And, and his life is commended as an act of faith. Uh, we have men like Moses, who was called to lead the nation of Israel, the children of Israel, out of captivity in Egypt under Pharaoh uh, into a land of promise uh, that God had said that he would give to the descendants of Abraham to his children uh, a land that they would possess as a gift from God and 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 Moses does that acts in that way and and takes the children and takes them out of captivity and takes them back into the land that God promised you have women uh, you, you have the woman Rahab who when they come to the borders of the land and the spies go out to see what the land is like uh, and, and Rahab looks after them and cares for them and rescues them and protects them and in return to that act of faith uh, she and her family are protected when uh, the children of Israel come and Jericho is destroyed. Men and women of faith. And as we say the chapter, chapter is full of them. And, and the comment is made uh, really at the start of the chapter that faith is so important because without it it's impossible to please God. People, it says, must believe that God exists and that God rewards people uh, because of the love that he has for them. And at the end of that chapter, having listed all those people, there's, there's almost a throw out. It says in verse 32, What more shall we say, having talked about all these people? Um, I don't have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and David, Samuel, and the prophets. There were so many more people that the writers of the Hebrews could have listed and could have talked about. And, and Samson just gets, just gets almost a throw out. So we thought in preparing for this afternoon uh, we'd spend a little bit of time thinking about Samson thinking about what was it about Samson that caused the writer to the Hebrew to include him in this chapter of men and women of faith well we meet Samson at a time in Israel's history when the nation have been brought out of Egypt when the nation have been established in their own country uh, they, they don't have kings God was regarded to be their king but they had judges who ruled over them and Samson's is going to be one of those judges um, the president read for us uh, from Judges uh, chapter 13 and nearly everything that we know about, um, about Samson is actually contained in three or four chapters in the Judges with the exception of that reference that we have um, in the Hebrews uh, we read there 
the fact that that at that time the the children of Israel had been doing things wrong, uh, and therefore God put them under the influences of the surrounding nations, particularly the Philistines. Uh, and there was a conflict between the Philistines and a conflict between the children of Israel. And, and it became a really severe one. The children of Israel were almost in bondage again. Um, and, and it was a difficult time. Uh, and God had put them in this situation so they could put their trust back in God again. Um, so, so we get the account in chapter 13 of an angel of the Lord uh, coming to um, the woman who would be Samson's mother and telling her she might be barren now but she's going to have a child Uh, and this child is is going to be special this child is going to be a gift from God to enable the nation to refocus themselves back on God he's going to be a Nazarite Uh, a Nazarite was one who was set apart specifically for for God uh, and we read that there in chapter 5 um, when you conceive and give birth to a son no razor may be used on his head because the boy is to be a Nazarite set apart to God from birth and the purpose of him was that he had a task to do he had a duty to do on God's behalf and that duty was end of verse 5 he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hand of the Philistines. So this is all part of God's plan and purpose for his people. Uh, History paints Samson in a very difficult situation. They say he he was a great man, he was a great warrior, uh, but he had a soft spot for women. Uh, His morals were somewhat questionable. Uh, And the story of Samson Delilah is one that that children know from Sunday school days. Um, It is a love story, but it's not a love story about Samson and Delilah. It's a love story about God and his people. And what God is doing with Samson is providing somebody, a judge who will be judge over Israel, to particularly start to bring deliverance from the Philistines. He's going to show that the power of God over the Philistines is far greater than any other power that is around at the time so that the children of Israel can refocus themselves back on their God and, and that's what the angel is saying to, um, to Manoah's wife here that, that she must be very careful to bring up this child in the right kind of way because he has a specific work that he's going to have to do for the people and we read in verse 24 um, after Samson is, is, is born um, He grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Manaim. So so he grew up in favour with God. He grew up blessed by God. He grew up for a particular purpose in order to to start the deliverance of the nation from the hand of the Philistines. And, And as we go into the story of Samson, we need to bear this in mind because This is the context in which Samson is going to act. In those days, it wasn't like it is today, where people had um, democracies and people uh, had United Nations and people talked through peace and things like that. It was a very hostile environment. Nations often fought other nations, uh, and, and it was a very bloodthirsty environment that existed in those days. You only have to think of the Bible story of David and Goliath, which will come on some 
some time later um, when you got the same kind of conflict that was taking place. So we're going to see conflict taking place between uh, Samson and between uh, the, um, the Philistines. So the first incident that we get is actually in chapter 14. Uh, and in chapter 14, uh, Samson has now grown up and, and he's starting to do the work that God wants him to do. And, and he sets his eyes down to uh, the Philistine camps and, and, and he sees a girl who he thinks will be suitable for him to take to wife. So he says to his parents, can you make the arrangements uh, for me to have this woman uh, as, as my wife? And what's interesting is, in those days, you, you didn't get Jews uh, marrying other nations. God had forbidden it, in fact. So what's going on here? God is wanting Samson to get access to the Philistines. And what better way of getting access to the Philistines than, than, than having a, a marriage arrangement with them? I say arrangement because she never actually became his wife as such. Um, but he, he makes these arrangements. And, and his parents say, no, 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 you can't do this kind of thing. This isn't right. You shouldn't be going down to the Philistines. And it says in Scripture that he didn't tell his mother and father what this was about. If you go into verse 6 of chapter 14, it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, Samson, in power, so that he tore the lion apart and he bare the hand, bare him down. So on, on his journey down to see this woman, he's confronted by a lion and he, over, he overpowers the lion. And this is the first start of the Spirit of the Lord moving uh, around it. And it says in the next verse, he didn't tell his mother or father uh, what he had done, uh, nor did he tell his mother and father why he's getting this woman uh, to be his wife. Verse 4, or verse, just before verse 4, uh, Samson said to his father, get her for me, she's the right one for me. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. So he didn't tell his parents why he was doing it. And he left his parents to go and make the arrangement. They, they make the arrangement and there is a festival. And that little incident with the lion and, 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 and the, um, the killing of the lion is going to be used as part of the way that Samson is going to taunt some of the guests at the wedding ceremony. Uh, the wedding ceremony in those days usually lasted uh, something like seven days. And, and during this time, um, this, this riddle is put towards some of the guests. If they can tell this riddle, uh, then, then he will give them sets of clothing. Uh, and, of course, they can't work it out. They can't work out what the riddle is. So they persuade the, the wife-to-be to tell him, uh, to tell him who it is, uh, what this riddle means and, and, and how it can come about. And, and, and they put the pressure on her to such an extent that they say, if you don't actually tell us what this is about, uh, then we're going to kill you. We'll burn you and we'll burn your father's house. So she, she persuades them to actually do this. Uh, she, she, she tries to find out the information that Samson has got. And, and she comes in verse 16, sobbing through herself around him. Uh, you hate me, you don't really love me. Um, you've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. And, and he said, well, I haven't even told my parents. Uh, but in the end, she, she keeps at him, and in the end, he actually uh, tells her the riddle. Uh, verse 18, what is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Um, 
and, and, and that's the answer that the wife gives to these Philistines and the Philistines give to Samson uh, and Samson makes that awful comment at the end of verse 18 if you're not ploughed with my heifer you would not have solved the riddle so what's going on? Samson is getting himself into a situation where he can take action against the Philistines this is part of the start of the deliverance that God wants to be seen through Samson as part of what God is doing so the nation of Israel will turn back to him verse 19 the spirit of the Lord came upon him in power he went down to Ashkelon one of the cities of the Philistines struck down 30 of their men stripping them of their belongings and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle so this this situation leads to this number of people being killed the Philistines starting to be revenged by God for their action against the nation of Israel seems very hard but it was part of a process to help them to realise that God is stronger and more powerful than the Philistines are and he can bring deliverance for the nation of Israel the account goes on it says in verse 20 or rather just before verse 20 that burning with anger Samson goes back up to his own house so he doesn't go to his wife he returns back home again uh, the next incident is going to see the consequences of that action that was taking place Samson goes back a little while later to see his wife and he finds out that the father-in-law has given his wife to somebody else Samson is annoyed to say the least and he burns down the fields of the harvest that the Philistines have got not surprisingly the Philistines are annoyed and upset uh, and they come to his father-in-law and said who's done it? is this Samson? Uh, and, and they say yes it's Samson who's done it uh, and, and they do what they said they would do in the first place which was to kill Samson's wife and, and his father they burn the house down and then they come up against the Jews against the Israelites against Samson's people uh, and they want to know where Samson is and the account tells us that something like 3,000 Jews go up to Samson and say look they're all at our border these Philistines uh, they're going to attack us you've got to give you into our hands so we can deliver you to them bear in mind this is in the context of God using Samson to bring a deliverance for Israel from the Philistines so Samson says to the Israelites that's alright as long as you're not going to kill me I'll go with you so they bind him he goes off to the Philistine camp and he takes a jawbone of a donkey and he kills a thousand people and it says that the power of the Lord came upon him this isn't something that Samson is doing just, just because he's angry, just because he's cross. This is all part of a process to help Israel to realise that they can put their trust and their confidence in God and that they can see in Samson someone acting on God's behalf to bring deliverance for Israel. This is an act of faith on Samson's part. You don't go up against a thousand people with, with a bone in your hand 
expecting to bring a deliverance unless you have a faith in the one who will bring that deliverance. That was God as far as he was concerned. So the Spirit of the Lord moved him and he started again to, to, to overthrow some of the Philistines and to start to get the people to appreciate that this was something being done by God for the people. We're then told after this event that uh, Samson actually judged Israel for 20 years. So there was quite a long period of time where the, the influence of Samson upon the nation of Israel was something that was helping them to appreciate they need to reattune themselves to the principle of God as being their, their God and their Lord. He was a man of faith. Everything we've read so far carries out this plan that God had as an act of faith. As an act of doing what it was that God wanted him to do so that the people could see that God's hand was in this process. So that they could see that this was part of a deliverance that, that Samson was doing on God's behalf to bring the people back into their relationship with their God. So we move towards the final, the final account of Samson's life. Uh, as we say, not a lot of it is told in Scripture out of that 20 years, but we're told towards the end what happens. He again, uh, in chapter 16, uh, goes down to um, the Philistine um, cities. He goes this time uh, to Gaza, and, and, and he, he gets involved with a prostitute. Uh, and he goes into the house of the prostitute um, and, and it says the Philistines were all around waiting for him to come out. So he didn't stay till the morning. He comes out after midnight and, and he takes the gateposts and the lintel of, of the door of the city and, and he carries them away. And we then get into this, this story of Samson and Delilah. And, and this story of Samson and Delilah is is a difficult one to, to fully understand. Is it that Samson just falls in love with her? Is it that he's besotted with her? Or is something else actually going on? As, as we recall the, the incident with Samson and Delilah, we'll see parallels to what happened in his first confrontation with the Philistines. On this occasion, um, it says he falls in love with, with Delilah. And, and immediately, it would seem from the record, the Philistines come to her and say, if you can find out what his strength is all about, then we'll pay you. In fact, each of us will pay you. It'll be worth your while. And she says, okay, I'll do that. It's not really a great basis for a loving marriage. It seems more like a contrivance. So his wife comes to him and says, what's, what's the cause of your strength? And, and Samson uh, fobs her off, effectively. He, he gives her different reasons for his strength, and, and they're all there for us there in, um, in chapter 16. Uh, first of all, says, If anyone ties me with seven fresh thongs that have been dried, I'll become as weak as another man. 
and, and the rulers of the Philistines are there and Delilah says the Philistines are upon you and Samson breaks the cord and, and, and escapes um, so it, it happens that something's going on isn't it Samson must know that something's going on particularly when it happens a second time verse 10 then Samson said to uh, Delilah said to Samson you have made a fool of me you lie with me come now tell me how you can be tied he said if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used I'll become as weak as any other man so Delilah took new ropes tied them to him uh, then with the men hidden in the room she called to him Samson the Philistines are upon you but he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they had been threads it's happened twice now and, and she won't leave it there she has another go and she keeps going and keeps going until eventually it says that with much I like this in the New International Version verse 16 with much nagging she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death eventually he tells her the truth he tells her that it's if she has his head shaved then that will invoke the Nazarite vow and he will be as weak as anybody else. Why does he tell her that? Is it just that he's fed up of the nagging? Or is it that he knows there's going to be a consequence of going down to Delilah's house, of getting involved with this woman who's clearly in league with the Philistines? Is he preparing for something? Well, we don't know. But certainly, despite the fact that he's been deceived time after time after time, eventually he gives in to her. She shaves off his hair. She calls on the people. And the people are able to overpower Samson and to take him captive. And in doing so, they put his eyes out. And in fairness to the passage in Scripture, it says in verse 20... Um, that he did not know that the Lord had left him. So something specifically happened with this shaving of the head, with this nullifying of the Nazarite vow, which caused Samson to be in a situation for a time where the strength of God was not with him. And if the story ended there, we could rightly conclude what a lot of historians do about Samson. He was a brave man, he was a man of God, but he was fooled by a woman. And he was deluded because of his questionable morality. But the account doesn't stop there. He, he's taken captive, and in the course of time, there is a festival taking place by the Philistines, and they go into the temple of, of Dagon, their god, and, and they're, going to, they're going to have a festival. And in order to make sport of of the Jews and sport of Samson they call for Samson to be brought from the prison and to be put there in, in the front of the temple and they make sport of him what's happening this is a group of pagan people serving a pagan god and taking the servant of God and having a mockery of him and this is something that Samson can't tolerate. 
and something that God doesn't tolerate. And maybe this was the reason why it was all happening. Because the call for Samson, Samson says to a young lad who's presumably there holding the chains, put me between these two pillars of the temple so I can feel them, feel them at each side. So he does that. And, And Samson prays to God. And he prays to God that God might one more time empower him to be able to do what it is that he wants to do. Verse 28, O Sovereign Lord, remember me, strengthen me just this one more time. He knew that what he was going to do was to, as we would say these days, bring the house down. And he knew that could only be done by the power of God. And he knew it would cost him his life. But he does it without hesitation because this was the faith of the man. This was the faith of a man who knew from birth he was there for a purpose to start to bring deliverance from the Philistines in order to show God's love for a nation of Israel who he wanted to recover from their situation. So the account tells us he puts out his arms and he pushes and he brings the house down. And it tells us that there were more killed in his death than there were killed in his life. And I would suggest to you that was an act of faith. That was an act of faith on Samson's part. The prayers between him and God. The knowledge of the fact that if this house was going to fall, it was going to fall because of God's power. And Samson knew that that was the only way it could happen. And therefore Samson does it. And it changed the nation. It changed the nation to refocus themselves back on their God. To help them in their relationship with their God. Through the death and the sacrifice of this man. Just before we finish. I'd like to go back to that reading in Hebrew. Or that letter in Hebrews chapter 11 because at the end of chapter 11 it talks about things that men of faith went through and we'll see just by quickly recounting the story of Samson uh, we'll see how much of this actually applies to him Hebrews chapter 12 and I'll pick it up where I read it last time at verse 32 what more shall we say I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fiery flames and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Quite a lot of those things that it talks about were not exclusively things that happened to Samson, but so many of them were. And it's almost as if God is reminding us that history might have a certain view on what Samson was like but this is God's view 
This is God's view of a man of faith who responded to the call that God gave him in an act of faith and carried out that work in the knowledge that he was God's servant and he was there to bring deliverance and he was there to help to refocus a nation's attention on a God who loved them. So it was a a story of love. A love of God for his people. A love of Samson for his people. And a love of Samson for his God. Truly a man of faith. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirtchristadelphians.org.uk Thank you.